you know, sometimes we throw out, all right, what's worst case scenario here? What's, what is absolute the worst case scenario of this situation look like? It's not ever really a fun conversation to have, but sometimes you just throw it out to, to kind of see what that looks like. And in terms of on the field on Saturday, that was worst case scenario. I know TCU could have scored more points if they wanted to, Parker Thune, but Saturday was worst case scenario of uh, what we thought maybe on Friday talking about this game. I think that was somehow beyond a worst case scenario, <laughs> Tyler. Right. Like, if you'd, if, you'd, if you'd asked me on Friday, how bad can you imagine OU playing tomorrow? I still don't know whether I would have been able to fathom them playing that poorly. Yeah. Well, worst case scenario now for the entire season is obviously if you crater to a four and eight type year, but really worst case scenario is if it gets so bad, this recruiting class falls apart. And that's the conversation that I guess needs to be had when we focus on recruiting during this hour on the recruiting front is you still got a top eight class right now. Still the number six class overall after the weekend. What's the likelihood of this class falling off a cliff and you have decommitments left and right? I don't necessarily think that that's imminent, Parker Thune, but it's a conversation we're going to have probably every single week if these losses yeah. continue to pile up. Well, look, here's, here's the reality. And I know there are some folks that probably don't want to look on the bright side at all right now, but... OU is not the first football team in recorded history to lose a game in a blowout. This happens. Now, it doesn't happen at OU, but it happens all the time to programs that still are able to hold on to their recruiting class at the end of the year. You've seen some very positive social media activity from the Sooners commits thus far. Guys like Dalen Smothers and Logan Howland and Eric McCarty and Macari Vickers. So while it sucks right now, I'm not convinced that it's going to mean that if this thing compounds, the snowball starts to roll downhill, that the recruiting class is going to fall apart. Because in general, Tyler, what tanks recruiting classes is coaches getting fired early. Sure, yeah. That's what tanks recruiting classes. Yeah. As long as there is stability, and you know there will be with Brent Venables at the helm, might you lose a guy or two? Sure. Sure. I'm Like, I'm not going to sit here and say – right now that, oh, there's absolutely no doubt that the Sooners are going to end up signing every single one of the 22 guys that are currently committed to them. But I don't think we're going to see a mass exodus if the Sooners lose another few games. I don't think you're talking about a max, mass exodus either. Now, what what you could potentially be looking at, and I say could potentially be looking at, where you really have to worry about, Parker, is you know, the top four or five guys that you have committed, right? You're, you're talking about the Jackson Arnolds, your five-star quarterback, your quarterback of the future, hopefully, for this program. You're talking about Colton, uh, Colton Vosick, that you got a huge recruiting win out of Austin. You're talking about P.J. Adabare, your other five-star. Like, you've got to keep this class intact to have some sort of momentum going into the offseason. Because if this record looks, I think, the way that most fans think it's going to look in the offseason, you're not going to have a ton of momentum going in the offseason. You need to at least be able to say, yeah, well, you had the number five overall recruiting class this year. Here's some young talent to at least be hopeful about and hopefully can come in and play right away. Because if you mix a bad year and you lose your top four or five commits from this class, then that's 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 really, really going to hurt. Because this program right now, man... I don't, like, all your momentum that you had as a program is kind of gone at this point. 
after the past, what, nine days or so. Losing out on David Hicks, the past two losses, you got to have something in the offseason that says, hey, here's the hope for the future. And I, maybe this maybe this coaching staff is enough for that. I'm just saying, like, you've built this really nice recruiting class. You've got to do whatever it takes to keep it intact. You've got to have that. And unfortunately, for those of you that made bets with your Texas friends as to who would have the higher-ranked recruiting class going into the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma is currently 1,200 of a point behind Texas in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. So unless things get shuffled a little bit between now and Saturday, unfortunately, you're going to lose those bets. Yeah. Well, and and, and here's the thing. Um, you know that some negative recruiting is about to happen right now. Yes, absolutely. It, you know, Anthony Evans picked OU over Georgia. And I'm not saying that Anthony Evans is thinking about, hmm, maybe I should go to Georgia instead. But I'm sure George is going to reach back out and say, is that really – like, look at their offense right now, man. Is that really who you want to go play for? I, I'm sure that Jackson Arnold sitting there as a five-star quarterback commit, there's going to be some schools that are going to throw some serious NIL money his way or at least some pitches for serious NIL money. And I would venture to guess that that's already happened. So you, um, if you hang on here, Parker, and I think you and I both think that they will with this class for the most part. Yes. There's going to be some schools that come in pretty late with um, with some interesting pitches to some of these uh, committed kids. Taylor Nawaso says on the text line, nobody needs to work, worry about recruiting right now. The team we're about to play Saturday consistently has a losing record over the past decade, and they always end up with a top 10 recruiting class every year. And there's really no better example of that than Texas. Texas manages to hold on to recruiting classes year in and year out, despite their constant floundering. So... I, I know this is kind of uncharted territory right now, and I know that everybody's pissed, people are upset, people are trying to figure out how and when this is going to get better, and how it has the opportunity to get better if, say, you're without Dylan Gabriel this weekend and you end up starting Davis Bevel at quarterback. I, I know nobody is accustomed to this, and I know it's been a long, long time since OU was in dire straits like this, but it's going to get better. It will. And at the end of it all, the vast majority of these guys that are committed to Oklahoma right now from a recruiting perspective are going to end up sticking one way or another. Yeah, well, especially defensively, you hope that's the case. Like, like who you're really hoping that they hold on to are the defensive guys that you have, especially up front, and your five-star quarterback, Jackson Arnold, right? Because I I'm with you. Like, this team is still, even though it feels god-awful right now, yeah. they're still allowed to get better this year. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe guys like Ethan Downs will significantly improve before the end of the season hits. Like may maybe that'll happen. But you are also seeing the talent deficiencies that you have on defense and you need guys like Colton Vosick, like PJ Adabare to come in. You need help from those guys maybe even immediately to help your defense get a lot better. You know that you need improved quarterback play, so it's just it's very, very important that the, the talent improvement that you have defensively, I think, in this class, they all stick and they're here on campus next year. That goes without saying, but that's very, very important. And, hey, hey Parker, maybe the uh, relationship-driven recruiting tactic or recruiting strategy that you have, that this staff has, maybe that's what's going to help you through the potential tough times that are still to come here over the next couple of months until signing day. I mentioned this last hour but I want to reiterate it. 
Brent Venables and this staff have done an outstanding job thus far of identifying the right types of people to recruit at the University of Oklahoma. Not just the right types of players, but the right types of people. And if you recruit the right types of people, here's what happens. One loss like this, I guess I should say two losses. A couple of losses, even with this most recent one being as bad as it was, is not going to give those people cause to suddenly start doubting you. They're not going to turn on you. They're not going to look elsewhere. They're not going to start pursuing their backup plans or escape routes just because you got shellacked by TCU. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I think it's safe to say the last thing any fan needs to be worrying about is what song is being played during the end of the third quarter light show. Well, I don't know if you're going to have another third quarter light show this year. We found out that the KU start time is at 11 a.m., Parker, so you're basically banking now on the Baylor or Oklahoma State game being a night game at this point. Or you may not have another light show this year, but you're going to have three consecutive 11 a.m. kickoffs, and uh, yeah, I will not be shocked if there's not at least a few more 11 a.m. kickoffs before we uh, get through with this season, unfortunately. This is one of the natural consequences of losing, is you do not end up in primetime. Maybe the Baylor game, maybe the Oklahoma State game, I guess those two... There's still a chance you end up playing an evening game. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be in for a lot of 11 a.m. kicks from here on out. 918, don't we, have, uh, don't we have to be players in the portal to try to fix the problems quicker? I mean, OU will be a player in the portal, I'm sure. But, man, that's just kind of a – Parker, that's a Band-Aid on a situation. Like, for what they're trying to build, what they really need is to secure P.J. Atabari. And, 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 like, him individually – I, I actually feel very, very confident that OU's going to they're, – they're going to find a way. P.J. Atabori will sign with OU. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, yes, he will. I mean, do, will, will they need portal guys at spots next year? Sure, maybe. They needed portal guys at spots this year. But what you really need is not a Band-Aid on the situation. You need guys like Atabari and Vosick to come in, really develop, and turn into, turn into dudes. What you need to do right now is to get guys like Jaron Kanick – and Robert Spears Jennings on the field more. because, And this is something we talked extensively about last hour, too. Whatever's happening right now defensively, whatever the recipe is, it's not working. And you got some outstanding athletes that are riding the pine for the most part right now. And who's to say that you're not going to see a significant uptick in your overall defensive performance if you, if you just put your 11 best athletes out there and just let them go? Because... Jaron Kanick apparently had no idea what he was doing in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he played better than Pretty any well. linebacker I've seen thus far this year, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, with A&M's loss to Mississippi State, what are our chances of getting Bowen? Uh, someone was asking about what if Jimbo gets fired? Could that open things up? I don't think Jimbo's going to get fired at no, the end of this Jimbo's year. Jimbo's bought himself a lot of leeway he with has. the way he's recruited. Because at the end of the day um, – when this season ends, regardless of how bad things get for Texas A&M, and right now, looking at that schedule, I think the absolute ceiling for them is seven and five. Even if they win, or even even if they were to only beat UMass from here on out, so say they go four and eight, Jimbo's still going to be able to point to his recruiting class in 2022, and he's going to be able to say, "Look, we just need a little bit more time. We need to get these guys developed. They need another year in the system." We're going to turn things around. Look at all this talent. There's no way we won't get better. 
Jay from Medill says, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot over the weekend, Jay, okay? And there was another texture that uh, uh, referenced it. Can we have a moment of silence for Tyler's USC OU win bet? Oof. Rest in peace, money, money, money. So sorry, Tyler. By the way, I may or not be losing money right along with you. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I kind of went down USC's remaining schedule. Like, I was trying to hold out some hope, Parker. Like, all right, I'm two games back right now. Well, really, I'm kind of three games back, I guess, if I wanted to win the bet outright. Maybe, like, USC's defense did not look great against Arizona State. Let me see. Like, maybe I can find three wins here. Oh, my God, that would be no you have to win out. Yeah, I'm screwed on this one. Uh, I mean, USC's schedule is worse than we thought it was going to be before the year. Obviously, there's some issues going on with this team. Um, good thing I only bet $50 on that. It was like $50 with a chance to cash in like $450 because of the way that I played it with the uh, free bets and everything. Uh-huh. But it, it's not looking like I'm going to get that $500, $450 payout uh, come Christmas time. What a bummer. Thanks a lot, Mule Shoe. This listener says, I'm surprised at how many Pac-12 teams are ranked. All, the, all of a sudden, the Pac-12 is good. Has hell frozen over? Uh, not only that, Tyler, but Kansas... And TCU are the lone undefeated teams right now in the Big 12. Kansas and TCU. Well, Oklahoma State, too. I, I almost forgot about Oklahoma State. But Kansas and TCU are undefeated. Oklahoma is unranked. Iowa State is 0-2 in conference play. The Big 12 is straight up upside down and backwards. Well, but here, and here's the point, and, and we said it on the postgame show on Saturday. Not only is it a bad year, Parker, it's the worst year for OU to have this type of season in the Big 12. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's been years, I mean, as recently as probably three years ago, where maybe even this OU team could navigate their way to eight wins, maybe nine wins, and still figure out how to get to a decent bowl game because there were some automatic wins on the schedule. There are no automatic wins on the schedule this year. I don't have to tell anybody that. So... You know, I think when people look at worst-case scenario this year, they're so drastic because of what the conference looks like. Like You think that OU's still better than West Virginia and Iowa State, but those two games are on the road, man. I I mean, the rest of your schedule, you cannot look at one game and definitively say, oh, yeah, OU's going to win that game. It's a slam dunk. Like, do I think that they're going to beat Kansas? I I don't even necessarily (laughs) want to comment on that now. But the point is, is there's not one game, Parker, that I can look at and say, the slam dunk OU wins it. And in fact, I, I wonder how many games they will be a betting favorite from here on out. That's it's a very valid question. That is a valid question, especially if they lose this weekend. Because if they lose... Oh my gosh, Tyler, imagine this. If they lose this weekend, is Kansas favored coming to Norman, Oklahoma on October 15th? Um, I st- Is Dylan Gabriel playing against Kansas? Uh, and, and that's. I, I think that there's a chance that it could happen. I think a lot of things like OU has to look terrible on offense against Texas and terrible defensively. Davis Bevel would have to start again against KU. KU would have to beat TC. I think there'd be a lot that would have to happen, but is there a path? I mean, yeah, maybe. You get beat up again against Texas like you did against TCU. I think anything's on the table right now, Parker, Imagine, unfortunately. Imagine trying to convince anyone a month ago that there's a very good chance that Kansas would be a betting favorite on the road yeah, no coming way. to Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, no way. That, there, wasn't a, just, there wasn't a scenario. I mean, there is now, but there wasn't a scenario a month ago. 
Hey, we'll try to get to as many texts as we can on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to more Cruton on the other side. A uh, big-time quarterback prospect, an OU target, according to Parker Thune, is going to be at the OU-Texas game. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. I mean, obviously, that wasn't fun for anybody to watch on Saturday, but good God, was that not the longest football game you remember being at in a long time? Yeah, it took forever. Oh, my God. That mid-third quarter to the end of the game felt like three and a half hours. And I know it was a four-hour football game, but... That was just cruel, unusual punishment to have to have to watch the rest of that game. God, that was awful. You know, you look forward all week long. All right, Saturday's here. Get to watch OU play. Let's go. And really kind of from the uh, opening series of the game, you thought, yeah, this isn't going to go your way. And it ended up lasting four hours long to make it even worse on Saturday. Uh, teased it before the break, before we get back to the text line. Uh, Parker, uh, tell us which 2024 quarterback prospect is going to be at the Cotton Bowl this weekend. Yeah, well, you got Michael Hawkins coming. And I was I was down there at Allen on Friday to see Mike. And I, it, if you follow me on Twitter, I quote tweeted a clip that his dad put out of one of the throws that he made on Friday night. And I was standing there on the sideline uh, chatting it up with a couple of members of the SMU coaching staff including head coach Rhett Lashley, uh, who, of course, has a background as an offensive coordinator, was most recently OC at Miami. And we're standing there, and Mike rolls out and off the wrong foot, fires this beautiful rainbow to the back of the end zone, throws his receiver open. Like, it's not on the route. It's not like it's just it's just a ball where you can tell he and his receiver are both kind of on the same page, and he just puts it in a spot where only his guy can go and get it, and he goes and gets it. If you Again, if you follow me on Twitter, go watch the throw because that tells you right there what kind of a special talent Mike Hawkins is. And this race is coming down to Oklahoma and Arkansas. It really looks like right now it's going to be either one of those two programs. And he, he and his family are very pro-OU. Obviously, his dad played at Oklahoma. Mom got the chance to attend an OU game for the very first time in Norman last week in that loss to Kansas State. Uh, I, contrary to popular belief, the loss did not tank the Hawkins' opinion oh, of the University wow. of Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Moreover, you got him coming back to the Cotton Bowl to watch the Sooners and the Longhorns in action. I get the sense that this is going to be a race – that has a decision official within the next few months. I think Mike's the type of kid that realizes and understands that as a quarterback, uh, he's going to want to commit early so he can get dudes on board with him. It's going to be either Oklahoma or Arkansas. The one fly in the ointment for OU, quite frankly, is Jackson Arnold. Yeah, no Because (laughs) that's a tough act to follow. And in talking to Mike, that's one thing he's repeatedly – uh, reiterated to me, he said, "Look, I I love OU. I can still I can see myself going there, no question. But for me, it's just going to come down to, do I want to be the guy that follows Jackson Arnold?" 
Mike from Tulsa says, OU beats the brakes off Texas 45-17. No way we lose three in a row. Hashtag trust in BV. So there's some positivity on the text line today. 45-17. I, yeah, I don't see that one. Do we hang on to Jackson Arnold and the three defensive linemen if we lose several more games? That's what we were talking about to open the show last segment. Um, that That's your big hope right here. I, I don't think the bottom end of your class is going to cater out. When you're talking about losing decommits, what really matters is just that. You got to keep Jackson Arnold. You got to keep that defensive line talent because you didn't get David Hicks, sure, but the other D linemen you have are still really, really, really good. You're not going to lose Jackson Arnold. You're not going to lose PJ Atabare. You're not going to lose Derek LeBlanc. Colton Vosick naturally is the one out of those four that you're probably a little bit uneasy about just because of all the ties to Texas, the thought of what might happen if Texas not only beats Oklahoma this weekend but beats them handily, whether that moves the needle for Colton Vosick at all. But I I do think those four guys are locked in regardless. And with the first three, I'm overwhelmingly confident. Just, just because I know those three uh, very closely on a personal level, more so than Vosick, uh, have a really good relationship with Jackson as well as PJ – uh, and Derek and his family, they're not going anywhere. They're not. At what point do the coaches just say, screw it, and start trying other players in on defense, specifically yeah. the young guys? The youth movement, they could be they could be close to that, man. RSJ, I, I know everyone wants to see more Jaron Canick, but could we be close to a youth movement defensively? Parker, I, I think anything and everything is on the table this week. It has to be. It has to be, because with as banged up as you are, and that's one thing we've mentioned but probably haven't talked enough about today, is how banged up Oklahoma is. Because, yeah, you are demoralized right now. You are also decimated. And you don't know how many of these guys you're going to have available come Saturday. We don't know about Billy Bowman's status. Obviously, we don't know about Dylan Gabriel's status. But Wanya Morris, I'm going to take a gander and say he doesn't play because I was down there on the sideline when he was getting tended to, and that – that did not look like an injury that's going to go away in one week. I'll put it that way. Three and nine. Three and nine is more realistic than six and six from the nine seven two area code. Um, Sam and Edmund says if you had to say who could be the most shaky as far as decommitting, who would it be? I. That's I, tough. I hate that question because you have to get speculative, and I don't want to do that about any kid. I, I, I don't want to say, well, if, if such and such happens, then I can see this guy. Because it, it also kind of calls their character into question, doesn't it? And I don't want to be the guy that does that. Right now, it looks like this whole class is locked in for Oklahoma. And I look, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm not going to sit here and say they're absolutely signing all 22 of those guys. There may, there may be a guy or two or three that ends up dropping out of the class. It happens, but you're going to keep the nucleus together. You will. Yeah. Um, well, here, here's the thing. Like They got shut out in the month of September in terms of recruitments, and hopefully we're not talking about a situation where they get shut out in the month of October, but I, I guess to me it doesn't feel like anything is super imminent with the next commitment. Like if someone were to text and say, hey, who do you guys think is the next commitment? We would probably say, well, this guy's announcing on this date. This guy's announcing here. This guy could, I guess, potentially 
you know, announce it any minute, but it just doesn't feel like anything is super imminent coming up right now. And, and, and part of that is because, what, you already have 22 commits in this class, so it's not like there's 20 guys on the board left or anything like that that you're waiting on. But it's, you know, I, it, it's hard to exactly nail down when their next commitment is going to be because you got situations like we don't know how OU feels about Malachi Coleman, the four-star athlete out of Lincoln, Nebraska right now. It's not happening. It's not happening. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, this listener says, the last time OU football was this bad, Parker's old Taurus wasn't even born yet. Hell, the last time OU football was this bad, I wasn't even born yet. I know. (laughs) 1998. Well, I, I, I shouldn't go that far because, look, there's a lot of football left to be played, and I think it's premature to be writing this team's epitaph as well. Just as it was premature to put them in the playoff conversation at the beginning of the year, it is similarly premature to say 3-9 and nine is more realistic than 6-6. Six and six. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I, I'm not trying to draw a direct parallel between these two situations, Tyler, because they're very different. But I can remember back in 2017 when Ohio State suffered their second loss of the year to Iowa on the road by the exact same score by which Oklahoma lost to TCU, 55-24. to I remember that in the national narrative in the aftermath of that game is, oh my goodness, what is going on at Ohio State? What just happened? Now, you fast forward a couple months and Kirk Herbstreet is lobbying for that team to be in the college football playoff because they went out and win the Big Ten. So, there's plenty of time to turn this thing around. I'm not saying it happens, and I'm not saying the Sooners went out I'm not saying they win the Big 12. Again, I'm not drawing a direct parallel between those situations. What I am saying is there is a lot of football left on the slate in 2022, and Venables and this coaching staff have demonstrated more than enough over the course of their careers as coaches that they can turn this But I think you'd agree, though, that if best-case scenario were to happen from here on out, they're going to have to find significantly better quarterback play, whether that's from Dylan Gabriel or – Someone else on the roster that we haven't seen yet. Like I, I just, man, I don't know. I, I don't feel like Davis Bevel is going to take you to best-case scenario from here on out. And I'm not saying that I think that General Booty or Nick Evers or anyone else can do that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure best-case scenario is obtainable with the quarterback play that you have, but it's, it's going to have to be significantly better. One more before we hit a break. OU won't have a top 15 class when signing day comes around. This season and this OU program is over. It's already Nebraska. Yeah, it's My God, can we get rid of the Nebraska comparison? It's the laziest, dumbest comparison that anyone can make. OU is not Nebraska. They never will be Nebraska as a program. The two situations are not comparable in any way whatsoever. Stop. You can be negative or you can say that OU is not going to end up with the top 15 class. That's cool. But don't look like a moron and compare OU to Nebraska, please. There is no comparison to be had with the two programs. My God, this bad OU team beat Nebraska 49-14 to a couple weeks ago. There's another reason why there's no comparison between the two squads. They beat them that bad in Lincoln, and that game could have been worse. So whatever you do, you can criticize this team. That's fine. That's, that's cool. Open for discussion. Do not do the lazy take of OU is Nebraska like everyone likes to do nationally. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next.
Man, your music selection is dark today, man. <laughs> today is a dark day, Tyler. Woo! Today is a depressing day. Woo! There's there's no sugarcoating it. Uh, yeah, there's no, no again. There's nothing nice to say about what happened on Saturday, other than that Javante Barnes played well. Where are they listening from today? Well, I'll tell you via the KREF app. San Diego, California, Boardman, Oregon, Birmingham, Alabama, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, Alexandria, Virginia. And your Oklahoma small town of the day. How about Cheyenne, Oklahoma? Way out west is Cheyenne, Oklahoma. Yeah, I was about to say, that is way out west. Is that like southwest or is that northwest? I feel like it's basically go down I-40 and it's pretty close to uh, to off, off uh, I- I-40. Okay. Okay, I got you. That west. Okay. Tracking. Well, I didn't know our... NASA, our national audience is still with us. It's like Middle to West. Commiserate. How about that? It's not really northern. Oh, Middle South. West. Okay. Kind just of a, just straight middle. west. <laughs> yeah, straight west. Um, okay, so so someone uh, sent us a tweet last night, and I promised I'd read it on the air today. Dustin M says, "Does OU recruit outside of the United States for football players? Have they thought about venturing into Canada, South America, Australia, New Zealand, Guam, etc." Looking for D and O-line guys, tight ends, and so forth. They could also do it for basketball. Uh, the short answer to that, Dustin, is not really. Do they recruit outside the United States? Yeah, I saw that tweet, too. Uh, me and my old college roommate, I stayed with him down in DFW over the weekend. We were laughing about it hysterically. Yeah, because Guam got the big boys. I guarantee, Listen, I guarantee you, if there were elite talent to be found – on a regular basis outside the United States, somebody would have tapped that by now. But football is an American sport for the most part. It's picking up across the globe. You have, and it's become pretty prevalent in Europe now as well. And there are actually quite a few prospects uh, that come through the NFL Academy in London every year. Uh, NFL has like a, a, I don't even know. What it it's basically like a European IMG. Yeah, it's just called NFL Academy. And they exactly. have that uh, that kicking academy in Australia. And there's like seven to eight out of those guys every single year, if not more, end up on a Power 5 team. Here are the top players internationally this year. You ready? Okay. you got a three-star edge from France that's committed to Michigan, a three-star backer from England that's committed to Jackson State, a three-star tight end from London committed to Temple, a three-star edge out of uh, Toronto committed to Virginia Tech, and a three-star offensive tackle from Canada to UMass, and hey, how about Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State's got uh, a three-star Aussie punter coming in. So to answer your question, there's not really a whole lot of international talent that you want to go chase down. Doesn't Oklahoma State have a uh, Aussie punter right now? Tom, Tom Hutton. Hutton. He's yeah. like 95 like years old. Yeah. I actually think he's 31. I think he's a year younger than me, and he's still punting at Oklahoma State, which is amazing. Wow. Go walk on, Tyler. Hey, what's the, uh, what's the deal with Malachi Coleman, a guy that we've talked about? He was supposed to be in Miami, I think, this weekend for a visit, and then according to Malachi Coleman, they canceled on him. I mean, he's a top 100 player nationally. Yeah. Are there just these schools nationwide now saying, after further review, we just don't know if he's a take? I mean, is that yeah, the situation well, to, that's happening? To the best of my knowledge, uh, it's it's concerns about his frame, and I think my so Miami they heated up on him real quick, got the official visit scheduled, all that, then realized oh wait, 
we're recruiting well enough and we have enough of a brand at this point that we can have we we got other options and other paths that we could take to fill the wide receiver spot that we were counting on Tyler Williams to fill before he committed to Georgia. And so Miami's now in play for a couple additional wide receivers, and that's kind of caused them to slow down on Malachi Coleman. But look, he's OU is out on that kid. And I think we, we discussed this last week, and I think it got by some listeners. Maybe they just weren't tuned in that day or for that particular segment. But uh, the contact between Coleman and OU has dropped off, and unless there is a change of heart on the Oklahoma end as to whether they want to push for him, he's not going to be a sooner round. And, and honestly, Tyler, as bizarre as this is, and I could not have envisioned th- things playing out this way a month ago, he might honestly just end up at Nebraska by default. Yeah, seriously, no matter who the next head coach is. Yeah, and Nebraska would take him right now. Yeah, they would because they have to. Nebraska has to take anybody. Because remember that what the Sunday after they lost OU, their their uh, the top player in their class decommitted. Was it like a four star edge yeah. player linebacker? They're about to, they're about to lose it? some other members of their class. They had a linebacker commit yesterday that just got offered by A and M, so he's probably gone. Uh, Nebraska's class is not going to be great. Yeah, here, here's but an interesting Malachi Coleman is your captain. Here, here's an interesting text, and I mean it's not for the right now; it's for the future. But it's interesting to think about if Dylan Gabriel continues to miss on throws this season after he gets healthy, will Jackson Arnold give him a run for the starter next off season, or will Levy stay true to his old quarterback? Um, that is completely. It all depends on what happens from here on out. If Dylan Gabriel all of a sudden, I mean, if he gets back, he's got to get back first, and then he turns into a different quarterback than what he's been up to this point, then he's probably your starter coming back next year. Because make no mistake about it, Parker, I think Dylan Gabriel's playing college football next year. You know, there was a thought before the year that maybe he could be a one-and-done guy at OU with this draft class and go to the NFL. Like, I don't think that that's reality right now. Dylan Gabriel, I think, is playing quarterback at OU next year. Now the... The next, you know, second half of the season is going to be kind of a. It's going to determine if he goes into the offseason as your for sure guy, or yeah, if you have a, if you have a true freshman battling it out for the starting job. I I think that there's a scenario as we sit today where Jackson Arnold's your starter day one. Yes. I don't know if that's best case scenario for him or the program, but that that situation I think ex- exists today. He is going to push for the gig. Make no mistake about that. Jackson Arnold is going to come in. And he's going to be in the mix from the get-go. And you think back to 2019, for instance, uh, when Spencer Rattler joined the program as a true freshman and you had Jalen Hurts as your stopgap. And I remember down the stretch, heck, even mid-season, Jalen Hurts was starting to turn the ball over quite a bit. And there were people saying, they ought to give Spencer Rattler a try. So... At what point, even if Gabriel ends up starting over Arnold, at what point, and there are already there's already a significant contingent of this fan base that is not thrilled with Dylan Gabriel as it is, at what point is he not performing adequately such that you start to get people clamoring for Jackson Arnold? Well, we saw it last year, right? We saw the student section chanting out a particular player's name during the West Virginia game. Uh, yep. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know how it works. 
if the competition is down to Gabriel or Jackson Arnold, I'm sure the fan base is going to be I, – I say that they're going to be pretty split. Maybe the majority would just want Jackson Arnold, depending on what's going to happen this year. But if it's not Jackson Arnold, yeah, man, a lot of people will be clamoring that you just need to throw the true freshman in there and, and give him a chance. I mean, it, we're trending towards a fascinating offseason around here, man, if things don't get better in yeah. in in a hurry. Uh, couple more texts here. What do you all think about starting Micah Bowens? This was one of the dumbest takes – that I heard regurgitated by several fans in the aftermath of Saturday's game. Why didn't Micah Bowens get put in the game? Micah Bowens didn't travel. The Sooners brought four quarterbacks down to TCU. Micah Bowens was not one of them. He is fifth on the depth chart right now at quarterback. So, what do I think about starting him? I think if you're going to dig that deep, you go with Nick Evers. Well, and, and I, I saw some takes, too, on Twitter to where, why don't you just throw... Micah Bowen's in there and run the triple option. What? You're just going to learn the, the option? Bring the wishbone back. In, in one week's time against your biggest rival? You're just going to run the option with like your fourth, third, fourth string quarterback, whatever he is? Come on, let's be a little realistic here. I don't love OU's chances either, but my God, we're not, you're not going to throw out to running the option with your fourth string quarterback in a week's time. Yeah. People asking, why did the communication drop off with Malachi Coleman? I don't get it. Look, I I don't get it either. And one of the things we talked about in the aftermath of the David Hicks situation is, look, there's something to be said for a kid that wants to be a Sooner. And Malachi Coleman, <laughs> he was ready, man. He wanted to be a Sooner. He told me word for word, I'm directly quoting him right now, I love everything about Oklahoma. I love everything about that place. Oh, and also, he said, Jackson Arnold's the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, he may be. I want to catch passes from him. Uh, Text line, how long until softball season? Tonight, 6 p.m., ESPN+. OU plays, I think, Seminole State for fall ball. So there you go. It it starts tonight. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, We'll try to find more answers, try to find any answers about the current situation coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Ah, the dreaded article that I thought that I might have to read today, Parker. Oh, boy. On the front page of 247sports.com. Yeah. Recruiting winners and losers over the weekend. Winners were KU, K-State, Clemson. The loser was uh, Wisconsin after they fired Paul Christ. And there's Oklahoma listed as a recruiting loser over the weekend says Oklahoma's number six ranked 2023 recruiting class likely isn't going to fall apart after a three and two start for ben, uh, for Venables, but the narrative in Norman is quickly starting to shift, and that could have the Sooners trying to fend off others for some of their top commits when we get closer to the early signing period, because there's a lot to like on OU's commit list. Yeah, there is a lot to like. It's a blessing and a curse because. There's, a, uh, there's plenty of players in this 2023 cycle for Oklahoma that are going to have the opportunity to come in and be day one guys, but also you're going to be sweating things out down the stretch 
And for no other reason than the fact that there's going to be a lot of talk about, oh, XYZ program is trying to flip XYZ player from Oklahoma. Because especially if things continue along their current trajectory for Oklahoma on the gridiron, as you mentioned earlier, Tyler, there will be a lot of negative recruiting that goes on. A lot. A lot of it. Especially when you're talking about a guy like Anthony Evans. He's not your highest-ranked prospect that you have in this class, but he's certainly a big piece of it. I mean, he's a four-star receiver, and you got him over Georgia. And who's to say? And I know Georgia hasn't necessarily looked great the past two weeks, but Georgia's the number two team in the country right now in the AP poll. They, they've got they've got a lot to sell about this year. They might play for, in another national championship game. So those are the types of things that you're looking at. Um, I guess the best player left on your board, well, Peyton Bowen technically is, but DeCelia Kana is probably number two. He's a top 100 player. I wonder if this weekend at all has any effect on where DeCelia Kana picks. If Texas were to rub OU's face in it, would that have any effect at all on the four-star edges decision out of Utah? I think you're hard-pressed to say it wouldn't have any impact. Does that mean Tassilia Kana goes to Texas? No. But, again, the more Oklahoma loses, the more there's going to be questions about whether about whether there was – about whether the defense – that everybody imagined was going to be so improved under Brent Venables at Oklahoma, whether all that was legit as far as the narrative. Now, again, I think the silver lining to that cloud is you get guys, and I think there are a lot of guys in this class right now for Oklahoma that see it this way. Look, I can show up and I can play early and I can help change You'll have a chance to. Now, uh, for Tassilia Kana, it's that's a recruitment that's going to be a lot tougher to get a read on than many others down the stretches because he's always kept things close to the vest. But to the best of my knowledge, OU still leads that race. I'm not saying they get the kid, and I'm not saying it's a slam dunk by any means, but he's going to take the official visit for the Kansas game on October 15th. OU's going to have a chance to put the hard sell on him at that point. Jerry, oh yeah, go ahead, finish that. Maybe a lot better game than we were anticipating about a month ago. Jerry Palm of CBS had a uh, had bowl projections out today. He has oh, no. uh, OU and USC in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, hello. Now I know OU fans are saying, "Oh, hey, they go to the Alamo Bowl. They're going three and nine this year." Which I would take the Alamo Bowl right now if you offered it to me. Like you might have to win eight games to get there. Yes, please, Alamo Bowl. But just thought that was interesting, the OU-USC Alamo Bowl. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.